I'm from Brooklyn. You just wash your hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time. You can hit it. He hits my hair. Ian McFarlane. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Episode 103 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace Podcast. Here at the Pennsylvania Hotel in New York City, across the street from Madison Square Garden. Yes. It invited me to your, to your little room here. I was never in this hotel. I've never been in it either, to be honest with you. Like, I, the room's, never... a tight, room's a little, man. And the hotel is like under renovation. It's like, and yesterday, like, you should have heard the noises that were going on in the room next to me. It was insane. Oh, <laughs> it was I'm great sure. Chaos. But it's, it's supposedly the most uh, the most stayed at hotel in the world for some reason because I think it's because it's across Madison Square Garden so yeah. there's so many rooms I don't know I, I, well you know what if you told me that I would believe you yeah, even if it was true. a lie I don't know if it's true but that's I, what it said in their pamphlet like I, I, I can believe it it's I gotta, crazy busy I got a hook up here so I came and, and I'm just down here for the Tribeca Film Festival so awesome yeah my buddy's uh, film uh, um, I Want My MTV premiered last night Okay. Yeah, my buddy uh, Tyler Meesum, director, came down from, uh, he lives in Salt Lake, and uh, he, him and his wife were in uh, Massachusetts, and he's, I was going down to a screening anyway, another you know, premiere anyways, and uh, he's like, yo, can we just ride with you? I'm like, yeah, no problem. So, like, we went down to him, his wife, and his little baby. It was like, it's like 10 months old. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, so, so we came down, and I uh, went to the premiere last night, and I got to say, it was crazy. I got to, uh, I had... Dinner with uh, Nancy Wilson from Heart. And, really? Yeah, Daryl McDaniels and oh, uh, jeez, uh, man. Uh, yeah, you texted me yeah, last night. Yeah. You're like, yeah, it's going to be a long <laughs> night. But I was like, that's cool. Yeah, I did one last cool. night. Like, yeah. And then and then I met uh, something that was with all the founders of MTV. Really? So, yeah. So I actually hung out and, and spent like 20 minutes talking to the the founder of MTV. It's pretty wild. So yeah, that's pretty cool. It man. was pretty cool to sit back and watch that room because the room was about I don't know, like. 400 people maybe uh-huh. of the screening and they had anybody, everybody that worked at MTV in the past stand up and I think there was me and 10 people that did not stand up really? and it was surreal it was kind of cool but it was a cool experience to witness awesome films coming out on uh, Annie so, nice when, yeah. do, when do you have any idea when it's going to come I out I don't know I don't know Okay, but uh, it's uh, it's pretty wild yeah. well we'll keep our eye out yeah. for I Want My MTV yeah that's awesome Tyler Meeson one of the one of the best Documentary directors going today. That's awesome. Well, I, I mean, I'm a, I guess you could say a quote unquote MTV kid, you know, yeah. that generation, absolutely. So, of course. something of that. How could you not? You know? Yeah, man. <laughs> so, you, well, when I, we'll, just, we'll probably just bounce around, but um, before you became a filmmaker, mm-hmm. people most mostly know you from Blood for Blood, mm-hmm. which is. One of my favorite bands ever. Cool. It's yeah, mine too. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's amazing. Um, it's just so angry. It's just so raw. It's so good. But um, then you became a filmmaker. So you want to go back a little bit sure. to you know what I'm surprised you you have like no Boston accent. No, I grew up in Maine. Okay, that's why then. I, and I was thinking as I was coming here, I was like, I wonder if he has a because I never met you before in yeah. person. So I was like, I wonder if he has a Boston accent. And then if you didn't. 
Like when you get mad, does it come out? You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I, 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 I don't. I I, I, I I grew up in Maine, um, in a tiny little town, eleven hundred people. Okay. And and, uh, and then I from there um, I moved to Boston when I was. I want It's weird. It's kind of a, it's kind of a blurry area of my life for me, time wise, and what was going on. But I re, I remember um, I was drinking a lot then. Um, I remember that I. Uh, I, I kind of stayed on couches a lot in different people's houses. Everyone from our old drummer, Mike Mahoney, to um, Ian Larrabee from Reach the Sky, Reason Enough. I used to stay on his couch all the time um, on Beacon Street in Boston. And, and I then, did my share of couch surfing myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did that. Um, and, uh, and then right when I moved down, um, I, had, I had not moved down yet, but I tried out for Blood for Blood as a right. guitarist. Okay. Um, I tried it as a guitarist. And actually, can we pause for one second? And we're back. Yeah, so I, uh, I joined. I actually joined Blood for Blood um, as a guitarist. I tried out as a guitarist, and the guys went on their first U.S. tour with Stigmata. And great band, shout great out band. to fucking Bob Riley, the man, buddy, um, buddy. Yes, I went. Um, they went on tour, and they they said, "If you're, they said, you want to be in the band." You know, we'll have you. I think they brought me in the band because I could play guitar and I had a band. I think that's really why. They oh brought yeah, me. yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's I, that's I, why I, you got I in. I think I got in because I had a band. But they said, when we don't have enough time to practice, when we get back from this U.S. tour, you start playing with us. I was like, okay. So a week and a half later, they uh, I got a call from Mike and he said, hey, you want to you want to be in this band, right? I said, yeah. He goes, we got to play bass. I said, I've never touched a bass in my life. Okay. And he's like, he's like, well. <laughs> And he got, he was like, oh, well, you want to be in the band, that's what you got to do. Otherwise, tough shit, basically. You know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, I guess I'm learning bass. So I took, and, and they were coming home, and like, I think they were coming home early, if I remember. Because um, they were just, it was a crazy tour from what I heard. Um, but uh, they came home, and I, my first show was The Rat, and then... Uh, the rest is history. So you you joined Blood for Blood just from from the rip, like from, yeah, because they were get go. They were they were getting they on that road that tour. They it just something was going on with Gina. It wasn't working out. I think she wanted to move on. They were just there was a lot of things going on. I think too, and I think touring changes people too, and they never done like a real sure. tour. Um, and to be honest with you, you know those three dudes are not the easiest dudes to be on the road with back then. All right, it was and me being the youngest one, uh, I was a kid. And uh, that was an eye-opener, to be honest yeah. with you. you know? And the first thing you guys put out was the Hurt You demo? The Hurt You demo was the first thing. I wasn't on that. Um, okay. I wasn't on Spit My Last Breath, but I am on the back of the vinyl as a member. Like, okay. So when they you were credited? That, I was credited as being on but it says, it just says Gina played bass on it. It was like, I mean, I'm not going to take credit for something I didn't do. Right. But I was on absolutely everything there was after that. Okay. From then until, you know, a few years ago when we recorded stuff we never released. So there is actually stuff. Yeah. That's it's three songs, yeah. And they won't ever see the light of day, you don't think? That, I, uh, that's to be determined. Right. Let's see what happens. I would describe it as, I don't know, kind of like a cautionary tale. And we talk about it. Okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think that when people, like, like I, I, can't, I can't speak for other people, but for, like, myself, I think blood for blood, I think, you know, just, just... Angry, you know, obviously, you know, so common, so cheap, evil in the brain, all this stuff. But then you, you fast forward into like 
serenity. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, not everything is really negative per se in no. that record. So, so I think that would kind of be like if, if what you're saying is the three songs that you have the in the bag is a progression into something a little more positive. So, we're so, twenty years older. Right, yeah, so that doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's like, yeah, what are you still mad at? Are you the, well, well I, I'll be honest with you, it's Rob and I have this discussion all the time, and I said something the other day to him, and I was like, look, I'm still pissed off. I'm just pissed off at different things in different ways. Absolutely. It's like, it, 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 I'm just, I, there's still things in the world that just, I'm probably more pissed now on a lot of things. Yeah. And, um, but me too, but I don't show, I don't show it and I don't react on it, right. and I and I go about it a completely different way. Right, it's just it's it's all about uh, the evolution of yourself and, yeah. and growing. And um, it's funny, like Rob and I used to our thing was drinking heavy yeah. between the two of us, and we would we would go toe to toe hard for like weeks drinking. Um, yeah. I got to give a shout out though. To white trash Rob, yeah, because bef- be- because bef- before we press record, we were saying real quick when I when I was doing when I was still booking shows, Ramallah was the last show they, they headlined the last show that I did, and although I don't know Rob very well personally, the sh- couple of interactions that I had with him were awesome. We go back and forth several times, like on Twitter and this and that, and I have nothing but good shit to say to Rob about Rob and his nodcast. Fucking rules. I just wish it was more consistent, but I guess because life happens and I get all life that. Life is inconsistent. Life is inconsistent. Yeah. Rob is a very, very, very interesting guy. I yeah. find him hysterical. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just need to He's give a, a shout out to fucking white trash Rob, and one day I'll get him on this fucking thing because I asked him a while ago. He'd be like, I'd be honored. I'll get. I'll tell. I'll, you got my word. I'll get him on this thing. I would love we'll come, to. We'll see. come back and do it together. I would fucking talk to that dude for hours. He's a. He's a right. I talk to him for hours all the time. I talked to him yesterday for two. Like yeah. it was just like literally. We just. It's weird, you know. Him and I. He's a we, fucking brilliant guy. Too. Absolutely, hundred percent. Is is he's, he's. I think he's uh, the uh, hardcore version, hardcore punk rock version of Al Jorgensen. Um, you know, he's, okay. a, he's a goddamn genius when it comes to musical, you know, uh, arrangement, songwriting, lyricism, all this stuff, and and it's real. I mean, he's not bullshitting. Yeah. This. And the the you know the the thing about Rob too is that um, he's been through fucking hell. Um, a lot of it by his own hand. Yeah. But some of it, you know, not man. And yeah. And it's circumstance too. You know, um, he didn't ask to grow up the way he grew up. Right. Um, he didn't say, I want this. Right. Um, but he, he dealt with the cards the best he could. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. We were just talking, you know, before it was that, you know, you, 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 you as you grow older, um, I think one of the hardest things to do in life is to self-reflect. And, yeah. And once you can start doing that about and really looking at who you are or, or more importantly, how you affect other people directly around you. Yeah. Uh, I think you get a path to uh, kind of opens up a clearer path to you maybe becoming the, the person you really always wanted to be. Yeah. Um, and what's weird is it's like um, I think he's been on that journey for a while, mm-hmm. and you know he's he's really getting there. And, and, and be honest with you, not to be all sappy, but like I have like a legitimate you know sibling brother. Yeah. Um, Rob's about as close as he you know he to blood to me. Uh, yeah, he's, he's the closest thing to an older brother I've ever had. Right, um, but also I don't think that's sappy at all. I no, get that. But yeah, he's, that. yeah he's, one of my, he's one of my closest and best friends. I love him dearly, um, and I you know care about him. So, but anyways, yeah, you, you, you know, um, 
the band is, uh, we did those you know, three songs, we never released them. Uh, I, uh, I, I wish people could hear them. Because uh, we put oh, a lot. Fuck, of I want to fucking hear it. You know what's man? crazy, man? <laughs> you know what's crazy? We fill every time we recorded an album. I actually filmmaking was my hobby. It was always a thing I did from the time I was a kid, but it was never a career. It was something, and I never put anything out or anything like that. It's just I just filmed shit. Yeah. So I would be on the road all the time filming my band, other bands in the van, backstage, going to the beach with the guys, whatever. Yeah. Um. So I would always film us recording up. So I have every album we recorded, I have I filmed it. Uh, really? Yeah, from the inside. Like it's pretty cool. Dude, that's and a blood for blood documentary. Yeah, that man. ain't happened ever. <laughs> really? No. Oh some my. things. Some well, things, I'm sure some things just can't be aired out. Some things are left on better left on set, man. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I can't stand. Uh, I'm not one to really uh, put myself really out there. And if I was gonna do it, I'd have to do it that way because it wouldn't be. Right, genuine. Yeah, genuine. Do otherwise. That's why I. That's why I. I really just. Um, I. I. So happy and, and proud and excited to, to to be able to do a film on Roger and Vinny because they really put themselves out there. Oh my god! You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, but I'll go back. Like I, I was always filming um, bands, and I was always trying to like just document this thing that I love so much. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know what I was doing with it. I didn't know what I was... I mean, I have so much footage and so much tapes from over the years. It's kind of crazy. Um, trying to find time or get someone to come in and start digitizing all the stuff I have in my, my archive. Because um, some stuff's never been even... Heads turned on the tape. I have so much. Right. Um, and it's stuff that no one's ever even believed would be recorded. Right. Um, not just my band, but other bands. Um, and other people. Um... So I would go and I would I would so go interesting to me though I love that. yeah I mean so it's interesting to me but it's also painful to me to be honest with you it's like okay you know looking at some of that oh I I, I haven't I haven't turned the heads on the uh, the blood for blood tapes and fuck I I would say at least twelve years yeah like fifteen I can't do it I just I, I, I can't do it it's gonna it's gonna put me in a place I don't want to go mentally in my head. But, you know, I was always filming bands, I was filming people, you know, people, and, and, and then I started doing, um, I moved out to California, um, to Santa Cruz, I just got married, um, and I decided to move to, um, to Santa Cruz, my wife and I were like, let's just get out of here, we literally gave away all of our shit, packed like two bags in a car, and then drove across the country, and then didn't even have a place to live, we just went to a friend's house in Santa Cruz, and that day started looking for jobs and looking for a, a, a place to live. And um, during that time, I was, it was about a year off that the band promised me that um, we wouldn't go on tour. Okay. And we're, we were just going to take a break because we are doing a lot of shit. And um, they, about five weeks in, um, they called me and said, we're going on the road with Madball. And it was Madball. No, I'm sorry. It was, Scott, it was sick of it all. It was sick of it all. Um, and uh, it was a really big tour for us. Sick of it all was just massive at that point. Sure. What um, year is this about? I'm, I'm trying to remember. I want to say it was 2000 and... I want to say 2000? Okay. 2001? Okay. And it was like the heat of when... I think Living in Exile had just come out. Um, Revenge on Society was out. We were touring like no, like a t- nonstop. We yeah. had a Dropkick Murphy's tours. We did all these... And it was like really just... Things were starting to go well for us. But 
we really needed a break. We were fighting a lot um, internally, and um, you know, drinking was just drinking, whatever. At that point, um, but I moved out there, and they said we're going on a tour, and then I left, and I went back on a tour. I went on a tour for like five weeks, but when I got back, um, once my wife kind of like you know. I wouldn't say forgave me, but just like acclimated to the point where I promised I wouldn't go away. And <laughs> yeah, it's still definitely a sore stop between us, believe it or not. Okay, um, uh, listen, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I understand. My fault. Take full responsibility. Yeah, uh, it wasn't fair to her. Yeah, um, but I doesn't uh, that suck that you yeah. still have those little sore spots? I have those things, man, because you know, honestly, and, and I don't, you know, I, 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 it's, it's, it's just going back to what I said. Is once you start looking at your mistakes or your things, you can kind of like. Uh, grow a little bit yeah um that's one of the that as small as minuscule that sounds it was a really big regret for me it's just I promising her i would not go away because we were going to have this year doing this thing and uh and and i and i i didn't right um but so we when i got back i started really kind of looking at things and i was like man i was like I'm sick of these guys. <laughs> of course. I hate these guys right now i want to cannibalize uh, each other I after a while each, I, like, I go oh man and like you know, I remember going, I want to just start doing, um, you know, film stuff. So I, my wife and I banded together and got a computer. And then I started learning editing. And then um, once I started learning, you know, editing, I decided I wanted to, like, make filmmaking a thing. Um, and I didn't know where it would go, but I just wanted to do stuff. And I didn't know anybody in the film community at all, especially out there. Um, so I just started taking uh, Bruce Lee movies and editing them to hardcore punk rock music or whatever. Really? Like, yeah, mosh scenes. Oh, uh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, so I, started, I, do, and so I, I would do anything and I would do these little short films with VHS tapes mm-hmm. constantly. Um, and that's where it started. And then when I was in California, I decided, I was like, man, I could do a music video. And we had just taken Terror out on the road for the first time. Love tour. that band. Shout out to Scott Vogel. Absolutely. Um, it was, it was uh, the lineup with uh, Doug Weber, um, uh, Todd, uh, uh, and then um, who else was there? Scott, Nick, um, and Rich. Thurston. Okay. Um, and I went out and I went down to LA and it was Santa Cruz, like I said. I went down and I spent like three days. We took Nick out of studio and we built a room out. And we built a music and I did this video called Push It Away. And it was yep. the first music video I did. Nice. And then after that, I just started doing lots of music. I got some confidence. I started doing music for the unseen. And I started like doing more and more and more. And I started doing like Fear Factory. I just started doing a lot of stuff. And um, what Fear Factory video? Did I you did do? Fear Campaign. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then I got a couple breaks. I did uh, Mushuga Bleed. Um, and then Sick. I, and then I did uh, Mushuga's live concert film. I did Sick of It All videos. And then during that whole time of Kind of what sick of it all videos did you do? I did um, Death or Jail. Yeah, did. yeah. We, we, before yeah. we pressed record, we yeah, just spoke yeah. about that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, and then uh, what else? Um, so I did, I was doing a lot of music videos. It was kind of like me and uh, my business partner, uh, business partner, Mike Pesci, and I, we were co-directing music videos like a lot. Um, and because of all my connections in the music industry and all these guys are like my friends, um, it was like a natural fit. Then I started doing like much bigger bands. I was doing like Meshuggah, like I said, and then I did, uh, let me see, Kill Switch Engage, and I started doing like Kill Switch Engage's videos. I did like five, I think, of them. Really? Um, so, and then I did some, we did some Zarface, uh, uh, Inspector Deck, Inspector Deck, yeah. and, and, and Apathy? 
Uh, no, it's a uh, seven LMS with seven, Paris. seven, seven yeah. L. Yeah, yeah. They got um, so we did we did the um, Aramau and uh, Hazmat Rap. We did those two videos, and Sick. Um, so we I've, I've done a fair amount of music videos, but during that whole time, like I said, I think I did like four or five Agnostic Front music videos. Right, and then um, I was in Europe and um, years before I'm, I'm going all over the place here. With That's my, fine. My, my That's time fine. Frame, my time frame, but. Years earlier, we were in Europe. I think it was 99 or 2000. And I'll never forget this. I was on stage filming Terror. Don't know why, but it was, I think it was Full Force, Vessel. Um, well, uh, Leipzig? Something, yeah. It was It was a big festival. Okay. Um, it was a tent. And I'm on stage, and we were on tour also with AF. Okay. And I was filming bands all the time in Terror. And then that night, um, Roger... I felt this presence next to me while I was filming Terror. Right. And then we're done. He goes, um, he says, I turn around and Roger says, hey, when are you going to start filming us? I said, oh, okay. I, I, I didn't really know Roger at all. Right. You know? I met, I only met Roger maybe three times in my life. I never had a full on conversation with him. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I met him, I met him before that because we had done like a short little stint, but at that point, Roger was really staying to himself on the tour for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really get to meet him too much and hang out with him. But on that time in Europe, and he said, you know, why don't you start filming us? And I was like, oh my God, okay. So I started filming AF. And then, like I said, I just told, you know, a minute ago, I started doing music videos for him. And Roger's one of those guys where once he kind of finds something that he feels comfortable with, he likes to stick with it. He likes, right. you know, continuity. Um, he's a, believe it or not, he's a big art buff. He's got, yeah. a, you know, um, pretty big... Um, good grasp on like architecture and stuff you'd never think he would. Okay. Um, he's a big Art Deco fan, you know. Okay. Um, so um, he he says that I did. Then I did um, the live at CBGB's, not the original. I did the one that was right before CBGB's closed. I did that live the DVD l- last one. Yep. No, no, the, the live at CBGB's DVD. Oh, the, the 2000, 2004. 2004. Yep, 2004, 2006. 2000, I think it was. Uh, it was around then. I think it was. I think it was it's, 2000. It's the third live at CBGB's. Yeah, third one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I did that, which is great. It's good. Yeah, it's really it's, fucking it's, good. It's, it, thanks, man. But it was that was that was a lot of fun to do it. But at that point, we had started talking about doing um, a much bigger project, like a documentary on Agnostic Front. And I was overwhelmed of the idea. Um, That's got to be just a hard, just just growing up and knowing Agnostic Front, and knowing the hardcore scene, just to wrap your head around that. Like, you can't. Get, you can't fuck that up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's terrifying. It was it if was, you fuck that up, that's no good. <laughs> it was it really, and that's one of was my major apprehension, apprehension mm-hmm. in doing it. Um, I wasn't nervous around the guys. I wasn't forced, nervous about like you know not doing it right. It was just I was worried about my own abilities to pull it off in a way that would be um, uh, accepted and and and. Uh, Embraced by the culture and scene I love so much and I'm part of. Sure. Because I didn't care what the rest of the world thought. Right. I just cared about my peers and what everyone thought. They cared about for the same reasons I did. Right. And I wanted to make sure that my my vision was like in line with you know what other people felt too. Yeah. Or at least we found it. Not that I like I want everybody to like my stuff. But it's more of like it's different with hardcore because it's very personal to me. <laughs> and I, I, I completely understand. It's Some people will never get that. No, I completely get yeah. that. So it was very important to me. So 
Um, so years went by, and, and I couldn't get anyone to help me do it. I couldn't get any money. I couldn't get any record label to put up money. I couldn't get any investor to give me money. I couldn't. It was insane. It was like it was cursed. And I, I finally, and Roger really wanted to do it. And he came back to me, and he said, you know, let's, let's me and let's do this. You know, we want to do it with you. And I said, Roger, I, I, I got to be honest with you, I can't do it. And uh, he got really mad. Um, he got pissed. Really? Yeah, it was it was because he would count on me doing it, and I said I can't do it, man. I, I can't do because he he had, had I think he had in his head that we were going to do this, you know, and we had talked about it and things like that, and I just but I couldn't do it on just like I wasn't making money. I was a house painter. I like yeah. I played in a band that didn't really make any money. Yeah, it's a hardcore band, you know. It's like yeah. how am I going to do this? And how am I going to do this justice? This band's legacy. I mean, it was really it was overwhelming. I was really stressing out about it, and I just finally I said, you know. Roger, if anything, Roger told me, you know, be honest, you know, and, and I just, I was honest with him, and I kind of put it back in his face. I was like, you know, man, I, I can't, I can't do this. Um, you should move on and get somebody else that can do it to do it. It's okay, I'm all right. All right. And he said, he, he also said, didn't he? About a year or so, he kind of got over it, and um, we started talking again, and um, I, again, I did some music videos for him, and it was all good. But then fast forward, years later, my career's going pretty good. Yeah. I got a studio. I got a production company. Um, I'm really getting tired of just doing commercials um, and, and that stuff. Um, and my business partner and I decided we wanted to do a film company. We wanted to do a wing of our company. It was called McFarland Pesci Films. So um, the deal was that my business partner was going to do a proof of concept um, for a film called uh, 12 Kilometers, and I was going to do a feature documentary. Okay. Um, and uh, Kickstarter had just kind of come up recently and it was about five years old and it was starting to do pretty good. Right. Um, and I said, maybe we can do that. Um, so we did one with 12 kilometers. It was raised like, you know, I think 18 grand, 19 grand, something like that. Um, that's not what the short cost charge right. was a fair amount more. Of course. Um, and then, um, we, we, since that was successful, we said, shit, let's do one with, uh, with, uh, the AF film. And I decided to call it the Godfathers of Hardcore. Which is the? I mean, what else are you gonna call it? Well, it was a, it was definitely a big thing with a lot of people at first. They really, really, yeah. It was it was crazy. It was like um, everybody was there was a lot of people talking shit on it that I was seeing online. It was bad haters. You know, people saying like, "Oh, they ain't the Godfathers." Oh, uh, everybody's an expert. Well, you know that. Yeah, you the, go online, it's Thunderdome. You're not gonna make anybody well, everybody happy. Yeah, but the thing is, man, when people don't understand, the thing that people don't understand is. Godfather does not mean first. It just... I put the definition right at the beginning of the film. Right. Because what it means is is to be influential um, in organization or movement. Right. And, and that's what... That's what I think... I think... That's what I think AF is. You know? Yeah. Especially Roger and Benny. So that's why I decided to call it that. And then um, I did the Kickstarter and it just started, you know, doing pretty well. But the thing is, I had already started filming before I did the Kickstarter. Right. Because I wanted to make sure, A, that I would have something to show people that they would like. And um, it, I know I wanted to make sure that I could pull it off. Yeah. Uh, because I had this big idea that I had pitched the guys that was something they, had, they weren't really too comfortable about at first. Yeah. Which was, I get access to everything and they have really no say in what I do. Um, 
But that's a good thing, man. Well, that's, you, that's, you're that's blowing the lid off of everything. Well, that's, that's documentary that's, filmmaking. That's, and that's genuine real, shit. And it's genuine too. And, and, and with bands, that's kind of a rarity because yeah. bands, you know, not the people like, they're, bands are a business, you know? Sure. They're a brand. Yeah. Um, they're a lifestyle. They're a career. They're a job. Um, they're all these many things for different people. Um, but, you know, sometimes people like to, they, bands control their everything about themselves. Yeah. Most of the time, artists do. So, you know, a lot of bands don't really feel comfortable with doing stuff like that. But Roger and Vinny said, like, said finally, they're like, no, we'll do it. Let's do it. That's cool. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm making a goddamn movie now. And we made it. And once I, I'll never forget, once I, I sat, I was like, literally on my living room couch, and I didn't tell anybody other than probably four people I was going to announce this. And I, I was hesitating, press enter, you know, return. I was uh, like, just upload. I was like, fuck. I just I kept on hesitating. And I yeah. was like, if once I do this, I knew what it was going to do share-wise. I knew what people, because people were going to really, it was going to go viral pretty yeah. quick. And it did. Of course. And it went real fast. And, um, and then it was, you know, the rest is history. But then the hard part started where... Now you gotta, gotta make it. Now, now you gotta make the fucking. And, and I'll be honest with you, for two years I've never been more stressed out and more anxiety ridden. Really? Yeah, never. Uh, well, it, dude, it's fucking. It's a beautiful fucking thank you. film, man. It's fucking. I watched it and I was like, I heard what people said. Like, I heard it was great, but I didn't know exactly what to expect. And then once I watched it. It was something. I don't know if I, 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 I can't say I expected what I saw. I didn't. There was things that I didn't know, mm-hmm. and just I look at Vinny, and I smile. <laughs> you know, you know. Hurry, I just laughed. You said Vinny, I laughed. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. like I look at Vinny, and, and and you just you just have to laugh and you have to smile because he's the greatest. Yeah. You know, but like I didn't know. I don't know how I didn't know. It must have slipped by me, but I didn't know about Roger's heart condition. No I didn't one know. knew that. I didn't know that. No one knew that. No, it's okay. No, no, we, we, that was some, I knew that. Right. Right when I started the film. Dude. And yeah. that was, I've told people this, well, cause I get asked this a lot. That was one of the reasons I was stressing out so many anxiety ridden because I was, I was terrified that he was going to die. I'm, I'm still, I mean, he blows it off now, but I still am anxiety ridden about my friend, my, yeah. the star of my movie, yeah. my, you know, you know, the singer of one of the best hardcore bands of all time. Yeah. Like dying. Like, it really is, and that was a big scary thing. Um, yeah. It's like, like, I got, I'll admit, I got fucking choked up. Like, when, when Vinny's talking to his daughter. Mm-hmm. And like Vinny, Vinny. I'm sorry. When Roger was talking to to Nadia, yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, I'm a father, but I mean, my daughter's much younger. But I, I I put myself, I guess, as much as I possibly can in my head into his shoes, and I understand. You know, I I get it. The touring and the this and the that and things happen in life, and then, but to have that full circle and coming back and being on good terms and then having that conversation and that movie it's just like it was fucking it was beautiful dude. thank you man like, it really was and it was so much you have the the comedy of Vinny 
wearing his fucking wooden fucking clogs. wooden clogs. It's I, like, dude, it's ridiculous. I, I didn't even know he was going to wear those. And I, I, when I saw him put those on, I thought they were a joke. And he was not joking. He wears those every goddamn morning. And he doesn't fix, I think, because they're comfortable. <laughs> and he likes to irritate the neighbors. Like, oh, yeah, of course I, I think, I, that's what I think. He didn't say that, but that's what I think. Um, <laughs> you know, Roger, you know, with, with Nadia, that was... I remember doing that interview, and I was pretty nervous, actually, uh, sitting down with Nadia, because I had never met Nadia, ever. Right. right. Um, I, she, I really wanted her in the film, because I looked at her as a pivot point in, in the story. Sure. Uh, and a, a big, um, kind of like um, a, a, a point where you could ground Roger um, and, and look back a lot, and, and that's what she served as. Um, in the film story, yeah. but her story is even bigger than I could tell. Um, right. In that, in, in the story of Agnostic Front, I mean, it's it's a very very. I mean, she should. I can only imagine if she wrote a book, you know, just like you know, this, the, 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 she grew up in the hardcore scene as a as a baby, like, yeah, like for real. I mean, she's thirty one now, um, you know, and 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 she's a very smart, like, well educated, adjusted, um, you know wonderful human being and I remember her coming in and we sat down in Roger's kitchen and then I asked Roger to leave the house um, and and he didn't I don't think he wanted to hear they were both very I think nervous because because they we all made the deal that a they weren't going to be able to see anything or hear anything that either of them said that's obvious right I mean that it's just normal in filmmaking world sure but um, for people that don't know that's you know I, I don't know if I could do it to be in a documentary like this. I don't know. I don't think I could. Um, right. A little more private. And uh, he, uh, you know, he left and she sat down and we started talking and it was like, it was, it was, it was heavy on me just hearing it. Yeah. And, and that was one of the other things about doing the film that was really tough was when you, I did this film very fast in the documentary world. I, I shot it in about a year flat, and I cut it, um, I edited the film in my studio, so I cut the film in like six and a half months. Um, huh. But it wasn't every day, obviously. Right. But I would do is I'd do a commercial or a big you know, commercial project, and then I'd take a month off and only work on the film. That's it. Every day. 15 hours a day. Or six, seven days a week. Really? Yep. And it's all I'd do. Um, and then I'd, I'd run out of money. And then I'd need to go and do another job, you know, for uh, three weeks to save money to go do it again. Right. Because the Kickstarter didn't pay for any of that. I didn't pay myself any. I've never, I've never made a dime once a movie. Um, everything I've made has gone in back into paying back everything that I owe on it. Right. So um, it was, it, it was, it was tough, you know. It was, yeah. It was tough. But. but it's something obviously you enjoy because of the content and all that. It's just yeah. super fucking interesting, man. Thank you. Yeah. It's. So, I thought, for some reason, I thought it took you, like, that it was a longer process. No. It was, that's, that's the whole thing, is, is, um, it was, I, I developed and conceptualized it for about four months, um, where I kind of really went back and forth on the idea what I was doing, down to what kind of lenses I was going to use, the cameras, where we wanted to shoot, the story. I mean, you should have seen my studio, like, um me and my co-writer, uh, Tony Fernandez, we literally 
there was a wall and it just had all these ideas all over the wall. I have pictures of all of it. But it was like, it was the first idea of how the film would be strung together, right? Okay. And it was like scenes and it was topics. And it's funny, I went back and um, I looked at it last week and it's like almost exactly what I said. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, which made me feel really good as a filmmaker. That's good, yeah, yeah man. And it, I was like, yeah, I did exactly what I wanted to do. Um, so we we spent some you know real time um, developing it, and then we just hit the ground running. We weren't like I wasn't doing a film like where you go and you just capture whatever happens happens. I had I knew what I wanted to get. Yeah, I knew I had a, 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 a you know a certain a lot of money to do it. Um, I had to budget it out in the right way yeah. um, because it's I couldn't. There's a there's a cap where like I knew that if I spent over this much, there's a very good chance I would not make it back. Right. So I had to cap it and say, okay, at least there I will break even. Right. If I can if I can just keep there, I'll break even, and after that, I maybe will make money. Right. Um, I didn't expect it to get on Showtime. Um, Which was fucking awesome. Yeah. I saw you announce that. I'm like, good for you, man. Yeah. I'm like, that's fucking beautiful. Man. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect to do all these film festivals. I didn't expect to be in Rolling Stone and Variety and Hollywood Report. I didn't expect any of this. It's a quality film, Thank dude. You. And and it, and and obviously, it fucking it 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 made people look. And well, the cool thing is. It stands. Well, I, it stands aside from any other. I, I'm going to say. I'll say it. Like any other hardcore documentary, I, it's like top notch to me. That's what people are saying. Like I, I wouldn't say it, but that's what people are saying, and, and I, um, I'm very appreciative of that. But, um, you know, I, I, I like I said, I, I had a lot of amount of time to do it. I didn't expect all this stuff to happen. But one of the hard things is, you know, we did this, you know, with some help from Kickstarter people and. There was the Kickstarter backers. I can't, I can't thank them enough. Right. And they enabled us to do something that I really wanted to do, and they they trusted me to do it. Um, you know, some people look at Kickstarter as a marketplace, but it's not. Right. Kickstarter is you're inv- you're you're not investing. You're donating to a, a vision or a project that you hope will happen. Right. Um, and in, and then you get rewarded something in return. Right. You're not buying something. You're not buying a DVD. You're not buying. And, and some people didn't understand that. Right. Um, so when the film started taking, you know, not being able to fulfill the time frame that we had kind of said we had hoped, we had estimated delivery around a certain date, some people, there was a few that were really pissed. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then there was other people that weren't. But, you know, the thing is, um, you know, I, there was just, things kept rolling and, and we said, you know, this this whole idea is isn't the idea to get this film this this guy these guys legacy and out there as far as you can and show our culture in a positive light rather than just talking about how violent slam dancing is yeah really. you know like yeah. there's way go right to the core of what, the reasons why we're in it yeah and not like the what happens at a show and right. how crazy it is I mean I think anybody on the street when you say punk rock. They, so get an idea. they get an idea. Sure. Like, so why rehash that constantly with the same faces and the same people in the same right. documentary? It's just a formula. And that's what was refreshing also about it and the way it was. It's why I kind of, of course, there's a little bit of that just from footage, but you don't really speak on that. Because no, it's, I do. It's, it's very it's, different. Yeah. I got, I'll tell you something. Talk to I'm me. not going to say who it is, All right. <laughs> but I'll say this. Are you going to be able to figure it out? Nope. 
I got I got a few emails from people that I my 16, 17, 25 year old self would lose his shit that they reached out to me saying, "Hey, if you'd like me to do an interview, I'd love to be in it." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" Right? Like, holy crap! This dude wants to be in my movie. And then thinking about it a lot, I said, "No, I don't want to do it. I don't. I don't want these people in my film." Not that I don't like them. I don't think they like AF. That's not at all. I just wanted to do something very different. And my producer, at the, one of my producers said it was crazy. Um, you know, uh, uh, it wasn't, it was some people that involved in, in, in the film and that were just like, you got to get some big celebrities to sell this. You got to get, and I'm like, why? Yeah, why? Why? Like, what hardcore band says I have to have this dude on the on the album or it's not going to sell? Right. Like, it, people, you know, people got pissed at that. People might have thought you were a dick for doing that. Yeah, people will come around and like that's honestly, just jealousy. Like, oh, what's the matter? No, you I mean, know? it's jealousy. No, no, it's not jealousy, but it's like it's like what I hurt your feelings. Like, like yeah, really? Yeah, it's, I don't it's, know, man. Stop. I don't know. I just I just wanted to do something different, and and I was and I had the ability to do something different. So I said, why not? Like, I just want to make this super cool and intimate, and show a side that no one's ever seen, and. Um, if Roger and Vinny are going to allow me into their families Oof. and their lives and their homes and literally move in with Roger, which we did for like almost two weeks. Really? Well, whole film crew, yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, we moved into his house. Was that like the whole point where like Freddie was there? and then No, nope, that's his mother's house. Um, that okay. was in Florida. That was a much different... That's right. Okay. We, we filmed in nine countries. Um, Fuck. We, we filmed in nine countries and that was one of the expensive things. You think? Because, <laughs> because it wasn't just me going with a camera. It was me and two other guys um, going all over the place and and uh, bringing high end camera gear. You know, you, when you do that, you don't look like a tourist, so you can't bring a camera in and the customs says, "Okay, no big deal." Right. You got to do like quite a bit of shit to get that stuff through. Right. Um. So and then sure, I mean, there's a lot of logistics. And then you know, we can't ride with the band, you know, because there's no room. Oh, we got to get a vehicle. We got to do. We got to pay for hotels. We gotta, there's a lot of stuff. Just travel alone, and then not only that, you know, paying some of the people that work on this film. These guys are industry guys. This isn't like my cousin that right. I taught how to hold a camera. Right. This is like, this is you know, this is a real DP. This is right. a real sound guy. Um, people don't realize no. that shit. People watch the movie. It's like okay, but you don't realize. People don't stop and think the work. That well, the funny thing is, like when I premiered the film at the Doc NYC Film Festival, um, I brought up. My team on stage, which to this day I think they're pissed at me for. <laughs> oh well. I brought them up on stage, and uh, they were. Um, I think at that point, a couple people had told me they said, "You know, I thought this was just like you doing this, but once I saw like you know ten people on stage, I was like, wow, this is a much bigger thing. Now I get it. It's yeah. like we we took, you know, real filmmaking, and because I come from that commercial world, and you know." And we applied it to something I love dearly, um, which can be a double-edged sword. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So once it... All right. So it, go, it goes to Showtime. It goes to all these film festivals mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. And then... All right. Well... We have, a, we have an overseas partner. Okay. We have a... That's, I haven't announced that yet. I can't legally yet. Um, but it is going to be broadcast. It's the same deal as, as Showtime. Beautiful. And in another country, a bunch of other countries, um, on a major network, um, okay. it's like 
it's it's gonna do that. Um, it's gonna do that. Yeah. Um, well, well, I'll just say that, that people listening right now, and it's um, well, depending on exactly when you're listening, yeah. it is. Give me one second, people. I just don't want to fuck up yeah, real yeah. quick. Um, and so one, two, one, one, one. This is right now. It's technically technically Monday, June third. <laughs> but this just I, I, I just released this at midnight on the second. So it's been out digitally yeah. for like three weeks. Yes. It yeah, will, it will be. It will, it will be. It will be out by yeah three weeks. Yeah, we're playing pretend podcast yeah. time right now. Yeah. I mean, well, let's just be real. I mean, the, the yeah. thing is, it's like it, it, it's, the, the film um, is. It, it's yeah. It's it's we have an overseas partner, um, and we have a um, obviously the Showtime, which is Canada and the U.S. broadcast and streaming, and then uh, iTunes, Vudu, uh, Amazon. And uh, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, and what's the other one? Uh, Voodoo, Voodoo, Voodoo. Yeah, so it'll be on. It will be on those four plus Vimeo. Uh, so it's on. It's on okay. all those. Um, and yeah. Um, well, well, hopefully that's when you'll be able to put a couple of shekels in your pocket. I don't think so, man. No? <laughs> I want to say it's like I. I at this point, is it really all about that anyway? No, it never was. It never was. That's what, yeah, it that's never what I'm was. saying. But 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 the the deal is that it's it's um I mean you got to pay bills and you got to pay people and you know I I you know I I don't, I don't break my word like I made my I made promises to people um, and people invested themselves into this film right um, I mean I have some pretty amazing people on this film like. My my executive producer just did the Apollo Eleven movie. Really? Yeah, I mean he was a producer. Like, and he's he's not a hardcore punk rock guy at all. But he saw the film. I took it to him right before it was out, and um, well, a year before it was out. And he was just like, "This is fascinating. I've never seen. I don't know about this culture." And like, he was just, and he was just really just. That's another beautiful thing. Yeah, about it too. Just being on Showtime, it's like people. Well, the Godfathers of Hardcore, like some fucking lady in fucking Louisiana who has no idea, yeah. is 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 kind of hip to Agnostic Front well, right now. And Vinny in his clogs. I mean, the post the, the poster. If you look at the thumbnail, if you were scrolling through it, what would you think it was? You wouldn't think it's a film about hardcore rock. You think it's like a crime document? Yeah, it's about gang shit. Yeah, gang shit. You know yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you, you you flip through it, and those are you know really really you know popular shows. Yeah, you know. Um, and on all those things, but to me, the reason why the poster is the way it is is because, um, you know, Rogers, the, the back of one voice, <laughs> you know, it, that back of one voice, that image, it it's iconic. Had, it had a huge effect on me as a kid. Me too. And, and it, I think it did a lot of us of, of the age bracket we came from. Me too. And I'm and, 43. Yeah, we're about the same age. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I, uh, I look. I remember seeing that, and I, and I wanted to use for the poster in the image the key art we call it um, was uh, that photo from BJ Pappas. Sure. And but as much as I love that photo, and she gave him permission to use it, it after I really you know started thinking about the film and what I was going to make it, it just it was a younger Roger. It was he was it was thinner. He was 
he was like look the tattoo looked new. Well, well, if you look because from like if you watch live in New York City '91, mm-hmm. the tattoo it's almost basically outline. A lot of it's right. outline. Some of it's but there's not there's no color in right. it. Right. And then one voice comes out because right. I knew I've watched that live in New York City '91 thing a million times. You know, Gorilla Biscuits, sick of it all night. I have all, I, a million times. And what was awesome is that there was other footage that was from that Super Bowl of Hardcore that was in Godfather's... Uh, yeah, which I got to ask you a couple questions yeah. about that shit. Because <laughs> you asked me if I saw the film. Like, of course I did. But um, but then one voice comes out and, and I look at the back and I just, I'm staring at it because I'm like, holy shit, he got so much more added to it and the colors. Yeah. And, and if you look like up by his collarbones and shit like... Like up like the space and the planets and the sun, you can see where it's yeah. scabby. It's yep. brand fucking new. Yeah, and, and BJ Pappas is hands down one of my favorite photographers, especially rock photographers. She's, oh, fuck she's, yeah. just, she's just amazing. She, she's taken iconic images, and I was I'm big into like um, nostalgia and, and symbolism for reasons for putting things in and little things. There's a lot of things in the film that I hope someday somebody catches. Right. Um, but I, I, I after really thinking about it. I was like, I don't know if I can use this photo because I don't know if it truly represents what I'm doing. And um, then I came across online this, that, the photo I ended up using by Justin Barucki, um, who's a New York photographer. He's a big rock photographer. But I was slipping through it, and, and online I was like, oh my God, this photo's... It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like the updated BJ Pappas photo, yes. but different. And Roger's chest is finished. He's, um, he, you can tell he's, he's, you know, it's an older man's chest. It, it's it looks it just looks hard you know yeah. what I mean? you know and and it's 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 wild because this when you cut because the whole image is his head too his right. head and but when you cut off that image it at the top of his head in the image it it changes the whole feeling of the photo absolutely like when you crop it and it makes the focus his chest agnostic front yeah. And that was one of the other things that AF, like one of the things that Roger asked me, he's like, you can call it anything, well, I don't care, man, you, you, it's your film. He goes, but we just don't really want to put Agnostic Front in the title, especially right. that title. Like, right. he didn't want, you know, to, to say they were claiming that they are the ones. The ones, yeah, right. He's, I, he's very humble. Like, yeah. he just did it wasn't, it's not part of his DNA. Right. And that was really the only thing he asked. Yeah. Like, but I saw that photo and I couldn't find that photographer to save my life. I didn't know his name at that point. I went, asked everybody I could. I couldn't, no one knew who took that photograph. I was, and I, I contacted the zine in like, I want to say Spain. And I was like, hey, please tell me who took this photo. They didn't know. It was in their zine. They just took it. It took me probably three or four weeks to find out who took the photo. Really? I finally tracked them down and I called him. And he was like, hey, yeah. He's like, yeah, totally you can use it, man. Absolutely. I love AF. Oh, that's and great. And I was like, fuck. And then that's where it kind of That's started. also like hardcore people. Like, yeah, yeah. fuck it, use it, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and to speak about that and the community and everybody helping out for this thing, um, Justin also said, you know, how can else can I help? And I was like, Justin, you give me the cover. is amazing. Yeah. And, and using it for everything in the film is just over the top. And he goes... He says, uh, no, I want to do something else. Like, I want to help you raise money for the Kickstarter. And I, I was like, well, what, what do you think? And he goes, well, dude, I do tin types now. You know what tin types are? No. Tintypes photography? Um, it's really old school way of doing photography. It's like, it's, it's on glass or tin. 
and the image okay. is printed on it, and then it's like through this photo motion. And he does this thing in New York City where he has a, a booth that he walks around the street, and then he does pop-up tintypes. Really? And it's wild. So he goes... That's cool. It's cool. So he says, and Justin's a big photographer. I mean, you should go. You should check out his site. It's Justin Barucki. How do you spell uh, it? Uh, uh, Justin, and then B-U-R-U-C-K-I. Um, okay. Yep. Um, let me make sure. I'll look it up in a second. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, well, you put a link in the... I'll, I'll, I'll put, put a link in the description. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he uh, he says, you know what I'd love to do? I'd love to do a photo of a tintype of Vinny or Roger. And I was like, well, Vinny lives right in New York. Why don't you, mm-hmm. you, know, you do it to Vinny? He's like, I'm going to do it. So I had Vinny go down and meet him on the street, literally on the fucking corner of the street where mm-hmm. we set up. And he did probably one of the most iconic photos of Vinny ever. Vinny's got... And he literally looks like some mafioso guy. <laughs> he's got like, he's got like a cigar. He's got like a, you know, a hat. He's got a leather jacket. He's like, it's like, it's good. It's yeah. Good. Um, but and we gave those, we sold those in the Kickstarter, which helps us out a lot too. That's so. great. Yeah. Now I've seen, like while watching the movie, it's like, like I know the Anthem video. Yeah. Right. But there's other footage that yeah. wasn't in that video that you have, and it looks fucking crystal clear. Yeah. Remix, you did all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where'd you get all that footage from? Who had all that footage? Um, I had to go through a lot of channels to get it and find it. I'm sure. But I ended up getting the master stuff. Okay. Um, and when you can get the master stuff, um, you one of the things that I do in my studio is I'm really good at restoration. Um, and up-resing. Um, I have some hardware that is better than software for up-resing. Okay. And a few years ago, I did a project for a friend that I obsessed about getting the best quality I could out of really shitty old quality stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, not, I don't need to get a technical, but like, I, um... Well, some I, people might understand. Well, yeah, I mean, I have, I have a, I have a, uh, an Aja LHI Kona, a Kona LHI and it's a PCI card that costs a few grand, okay. but it's a PCI uh, card that goes inside and it has a, a breakout cables and everything like that. But basically, it's a it's a pro version of doing any kind of format you want, converting stuff. Okay. But there's certain mapping that you can do in it that's like makes it better. Okay. And there's certain techniques that you can do once you do that in the studio that are little tricks you learn along the way of making pixels look better or like more you know, less depreciated and things like that. So um, I spent a lot of time on that because that was one of the other things. I was like, if I'm going to have access to some of this amazing old footage, I kind of want people to see it in a different way. Yeah. And um, that was one of the, the exciting things for me because Fuck yeah. when I came across some of that footage, and I can't tell you the extent I went to get some of this Oh, footage. I'm sure. Because when I was watching it and I saw it, I'm like, like my eyes got bigger. I'm like, holy shit. Like I know the Anthem video like frontwards and backwards. And I just saw. I'm like, this is different angles. This is fucking crystal clear. Well, I got, I got, the, I got the the things with that that stuff. Um, I had, I got that from the director. Okay. Um, and he gave me the master tape. Hmm. And then, but then he doesn't own a music video. Right. So I had to go through Sony. Ah. Uh, so, see, that's the other thing is a lot of punk rock. I didn't realize it, that Sony even owned that. Well, yeah, they own yeah. They, in a fact, you know, that, yeah, that, it was, well, no, it was, it was, it was, it was no, combat. No, it was, they somehow had something to do with that music video. Maybe distribution yeah, wise. Distribution. I think they put they 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 had to put out um, they put out uh, uh, 
Live at CBGB's. And, right. and that was from Live at CBGB's, that recording. Yeah. Right, no, right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, they put out that album, so, I mean, I did the right thing, which is go through. A lot of punk rock films don't care, they just take right. and, and do it. And I just wanted to do it different. I didn't, I wanted and you to didn't want any potential headaches down the line. I wanted this thing to outlive me. I wanted this to be a film that, that people years from now, when they're finding AF, this is the first thing they're going to see. Um, and I wanted it to, I mean, it's going to be outdated, you know, visually in a matter of probably 10 years, but, um, hopefully by then we'll be, have ways of up stuff even better. Yeah. Um, You'll figure it out. I'll, well, I'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems um, like you got a good grip on yeah. these things. So it's, it's, um, but some of that footage, man, I remember when I stumbled upon it, um, I, I had heard about it. A friend of mine told me about it. I got, I got connected to the people that had it. And then when I got it, uh, it was probably one of the highlights of my life, to be honest with you, because I, I sat and I l- literally had a coffee and I pushed play and I just, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I was yeah. like, I was looking, you should see some of this shit. I mean, it was fucking, you saw Harley and, 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 uh, and rabies like setting up a drum kit. Uh-huh. Um, there's like, I mean, ins- the best part is the audio. You can hear everything they're saying. You hear what's playing on the radio in the background. I literally felt like I was stepping back in time and I was there. And you were you And it was in color. Change. It was in color. Right. And which changed everything. Yeah. So so I got a hold of that stuff. And then first person I called was, was Roger. Yeah. Because um, I knew he would appreciate it as much as me. So I, of course. I FaceTimed him. And I said, you ready for this? He's like, what? He's like, I was a little bit annoyed that day, I remember. And he's like, what, 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 what now? What like, I'm busy. Like, what, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Like, just, I just said, I got it. He goes, you got what? And he goes, what you got? And I just look. And I, all I, I can't see it because I can just hear him. He's yeah. going, holy shit. Rewind that. And I was like, he's like, oh my God, it's me. <laughs> it's, it's, his, it's his first, it's his second show. Really? Yep. It's his second show at the A7. Um, this color stuff is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can see he's really nervous the way he's moving around. Yeah. He's just, and you, you know, you see Vinny confident as shit, ripped, by the way. Too. Yeah, ripped. shredded. Shredded. <laughs> like, and, 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 uh, it, it looked great. Um, and then the other stuff, um, Roger had a lot of stuff. Roger's been, Roger's a pack rat. Yeah. Um, I saw that one trunk that, that he had. nothing. I'm sure it was nothing. That is nothing. He, but I would like to just pick around in that Dude, fucking pulls, trunk. He, he says, he says, oh, here, check this out. And he hands me the real for United Blood. Fuck. And I was like, I look at it, and he goes, read the back. And I turn it over, and it's, it says all songs, and I was like, well, this is United Blood. I go, this is the real? And I was like, oh. Yeah, I don't want to touch this. I was like, I don't want to touch this, man. And he's like, he's oh, check it out. It had, had, um, had his, Vinny's, Ray, Raby's phone number on it. They all had their phone numbers on it. Uh-huh. Um, it's wild. And I then, love that shit, man. The other cool thing great. is, the other thing is cool. Rogers kept so it's really stuck on my mind. Is their uh, their out like his their their test pressing or acetates uh-huh. um, or first pressings? They would write notes to each other on the back of them yeah. and give it to each other. So like his, he's got one from like Rabies, and, right. um, you know, and like there's a lot of other bands that he has notes from these guys that it's uh, the freaking test pressings of like. United Ins- Blood. Insane shit. I mean, he's, Roger has, I think Roger has the only test pressings. Um, he showed me, like, one of the cool things he has is he's got, um, these, he's got these, a stack of original, uh, 
stickers for for uh, victim of pain. That that was it. They think it was in the middle of the the record. What's it called? Um, what the hole in the eye yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's no, that's United Blood. No, no, he's got no, no, he's got um, victim in pain. Oh, okay, victim in pain on rat cage. Yeah, no it says rat cage on the top. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, so in the middle for where the hole for yep. the thing for yep. the fun, that's yep. ridiculous. It's cool, little things like that. But he finds a, he gets a lot of enjoyment out of that and the the nostalgia. The nostalgia. Of yeah, he's got he has a really big flyer collection, um, originals only though. Oh yeah. So he's got a uh, probably three, three or four um, binders. Yeah. Full, and he collects those things. And this is all AF flights. Mm, just other bands too. Other I mean, bands, iconic yeah. shows. I'm sure. Really, and not only that, sometimes just the artist would then give him the flyer, and then they would stick the bands and everything on top of it. Yeah. You know? He's got the original art. Yeah. So, so he's got crazy shit, and he's a big collector. Um, his awesome. record collection is like nothing I've ever seen. Really? Oh, it's unbelievable. Even even just like the wherewithal, I mean, back in the day, I mean, you're a young kid, you're crazy, you're squatting, you're doing this, you're doing that, you you know, you have your little time, your little hard time, you're in prison, this and that, and shit like that, and it's like, you had the wherewithal, even as a young kid, to just save that shit for whatever fucking reason. Totoed around with him, man, and yeah. and to always and still have it throughout everything. And he also is was, impressive. Well, he's man. also really, really lucky that the mother of his child, you know, Nadia, yeah, um, you know, Amy Kine, was a very talented photographer. Yeah, um, I put her up there. I've seen just about everything she's done. I think, yeah. um, for the most part. Um, and she's now become one of my favorite photographers. And I don't even think she does photography anymore, but what she was able to do was truly capture a scene from the inside. Um, And, you know, all the photos in the film, not all of them, but probably 95% of them have never been seen before. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those are just, I mean, they're, they're unbelievable. I mean, Roger is a kid, and like they're the children. Vinny is a kid, like Nani is a baby. Just Roger's getting his chest tattoo, like Nasty like Front. just getting it done. I, there's a whole series of Kabula, uh, Vinny, and Roger all getting tattooed in Vinny's apartment. Really? That Roger getting Gnostic Front was in Vinny's apartment. Really? Yep. Same apartment that he lives today. Yes, which he describes. He's like the whole, yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. fucking building was his whole family. Yeah, doors open everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah. This, now, now I'm gonna walk amongst the dead. Yeah, it's, just, it's like <laughs> fucking great. Tell you, man, one of the hardest things filming with Vinny is is not laughing because there's nothing Dude, I, worse. You can hear it once in a while. We had to, we had to, <laughs> we had to pull it out of the audio sometimes. Yeah, because. He would say something, and then my DP, uh, Anthony Jarvis, just like, he, I'd hear him go, and, Yeah, oh, come on, dude, just, just put a fucking, just chew on a sock or something. Yeah, like, game stop. face, you gotta have your game face on for a few yeah, minutes. Yeah, because I can't have him do it again, man. And right. like, uh, but then I was guilty of it sometimes. And, <laughs> yeah. But he's just, because he, I don't think he thinks about what he's going to say. I don't no. think he's plan. There's no fucking filter. He's so unique like that. There's nobody like Vinny Stigma. No. And it's just like, how he just gets mad that there's fucking trees. Like, you, you used to be able to see all the... You know? But he was... He, he was he's really pissed about that. I know yeah, he is. For real. I like, know. And you you hear it. It's not fake. It's, no, it's so genuine. No. And that's what's so funny And about. that's the best part is you just... 
that was the trick with Vinny. Roger was more structured. Vinny, I, I would just be like, have to spend more time with him. Yeah. Because I would just like capture more stuff. Dude, the, whenever we do this Blu-ray, the amount, I feel like I should put out just a Vinny DVD <laughs> of just Vinny outtakes because it's insane how much we have. It's this stuff that I wish I had put in a film. Yeah. Because it's just so fucking crazy, but he just didn't, there's no purpose for it. Right. This one scene, right? Where the whole day we're in the van and, and the whole, at one point Vinny's reading a Bible. Okay. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, read the Bible. My friend gave me this. I'm like, what are you doing? Reading the Bible. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you're not a religious guy. <laughs> He's like, it's time to read. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, and I just look at Roger and Roger's like, like, you know, yeah, Ron's just like he's yeah. had it. But it's then, so funny. But then, but then, but then we, and then we, we were going. For, you know, we, later on the, the van ride, he keeps telling me about these chickens. There's these chi- wild chickens. And wild chickens. <laughs> there's these wild chickens in Orlando. Uh, was it Orlando? Uh, no, it, no, it wasn't Orlando. It was uh, Tampa. And uh, he says there's these wild protected chickens in Tampa. I was like, oh, whatever. Then he kept bringing it up. I'm like, all right, right you got to show me these chickens. All right. So we pull up to the back of the club, and he's like a little kid. Like, look, like, move it over the top of everybody. Like, where are they? Where are they? Like, I think, are they real? And he goes, there they are. And we get out of the van. He goes, hey, come on, hey, come with me. So I take the camera, and I'm like following after him. And I was like, Jarvis, just come with me, because I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And we're going after him. He's like, come here, yo. And I come to the corner, and he's he's got there's chickens everywhere in this parking lot. They're just fucking, and they're these protected. He said, "This is what he tells me. I can't confirm it, right. but they're these protected chickens by Tampa." <laughs> he then tells me that they they're protected by the city, and they just run free, and you can't hurt them, and you can't do anything with them. And he's like, "I gotta get them out of the road. They're getting too close to the road." And he's like. And he has a name for one of them because he's played over the years. He's like, it's still there. He goes, that's the one. Now we have all fucked up one. And, like, what the fuck? and we got it all on tape. And he's like, and then he's he's telling me, he's like, I got a text these to Bobby. I'm like, Bobby who? He goes, Bobby Amwell. And I was like, you go, Bobby Biowise. He's a chicken guy too, man. He likes pigeons and chickens like I do. <laughs> it's, and, it's so Vinny though. It's just out of control, weird brand. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, uh, he's a real deal uh, uh, pigeon aficionado. Yeah. He knows because his grandfather yeah. raised pigeons on the roof. Yeah, he really did. Yeah, like, and Vinny was like, he he's like you know fancy tails. He he had a pigeon on his on his stoop of his window for a while, and he took care of it. And he would just come and he took care of it. I've seen pictures of it. Yeah. Beautiful bird. I don't know if it was like a prize bird or what, but it was a beautiful bird. But he knows all about pigeons. Which ones? Which ones are show ones? Which fly better? And, I mean, I have a whole segment of him just talking about the differences in pigeons. Insane. It's really weird, right? It's very weird. It's very funny, but it's typical video. Anybody else, I would be like, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> yeah. But to him, I'm like, okay, it makes sense. It makes sense, because yeah, it's Vinny. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a very, uh, yeah. he's a very different guy, very yeah. unique dude. Yeah. Great. I mean, I had him and Gallo on way early mm-hmm. on this podcast, and... It was my birthday, like, two years ago or something like that. And we just went, and Vinny just went off on tangents. <laughs> talking about how he saved some London neighborhood with a slice of pizza from crime. Like, yeah. there's this whole thing. It's just like, I'm sitting back, just have at it, man. Like, I'm not saying nothing. This you is know, you. One of the first time I ever stayed at Vinny's house, 
it was probably in like 2003, 2002, uh-huh. where I was in New York, and he's like, you can stay at my, I need a place to stay, so you can stay at my place. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I just went over to his place, and we just stayed up all night drinking, I think we were drinking wine. We were hammered. Yeah. And smoking cigars, you know, in his kitchen. And I kept asking about the five points, and like, what's wrong with the city? I was asking lots of questions. There was no tape recorder, nothing like that. Right. And um, he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, you want to see the five point, where the point is? I'm like, yeah. He goes, this is a real point? He goes, yeah, it's a point in the ground. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah. This is three o'clock in the morning. He goes, let's go. And we leave his apartment. And we're walking down the street, Mott Street. And we get to the end of the street. And there's a couple homeless guys uh, sleeping in, in the corner. And he walks by. And one of the guys goes, hey, Vin. And he says, hey, what? And he's in Fred. He goes, Hey, Fred, how you doing? He goes over and starts talking to him. This is 3 in the morning, homeless guy on the street. And Vinny's like, hold on, I got to talk to my buddy. And he just goes and starts talking to this guy. Yeah. And I, at that point, I realized, okay, this guy's really different. Yeah. Like, he's a very different human being. Yeah. And um, but I remember him taking me down and showing me this. And, and then he gave me a tour of Little Italy, his neighborhood, just like we did in the film. That's yeah. how I got the idea of doing his neighborhood, because I wanted to recreate what he did with me that night. Right. But I don't want to do it three in the morning. Right. Um, hammered. Yeah, hammered. You know, right. he, he took me, you know, all over the place, and um, it just made me realize, you know, how special, um, you know, those guys are. Yeah. And, and, and that was, you know, one of the big reasons why I, I made the film was because I, I, I had a lot of regrets in my life. I'm not one of those people that's like, I have no regrets. I can't right. relate with people with that. I'm right. constantly reassessing my bullshit. Right. Uh, why did I do that? Why did I say that? You know, yeah. like that. And I'm like that to a degree. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I, yeah, I'm learning to not do that. But, um, you know, I, I one of the biggest reasons of doing this film is I didn't want someone else to do it and then honestly fuck it up. Right. And I said, if anybody's going to fuck it up, I want to fuck it up. Yep. So I said, I'll fuck it up. And then if I can fuck it up, and then I can live through it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was a uh, was a definitely a a big thing for me to do, and and I can't thank them enough for you know trusting me to to tell their story, yeah. and and I can't thank the people that have supported this film and my endeavor enough. The uh, the hardcore punk rock community has been come together with helping me and, and supporting and, and sharing this film like nothing I've I've ever seen in the scene. Yeah. Um, and I've been in the scene. You know, since I was a child, you know, and yeah. there's been you can you can remember instances sure. throughout time that are that are big events yeah. that happen in our culture, and I after I've had some time now to kind of just kind of sit back and reflect on what just happened to me. Yeah, I kind of think this might be one of those things. This is like a movie that's that's kind of turned some heads. It's I think it's the first hardcore punk rock film to get on premium. It has to. Be. I think it is. I, I, it I, is. I think it's the first one to get on premium cable channel, which is yeah. If you're on your filmmaker. The one you really want is Showtime, HBO, sure. and Netflix. Yeah. One of those. More so for me was HBO and Showtime. Yeah. And um, to be able to have a chance to show not only my art but our culture. Yeah. On a mainstream level, without compromising the integrity yeah. of of who, what we represent, what we are, yeah. was a very big thing. And Showtime said, you know, this is this is not something we've really done before. And but they the, they had told me 
that um, they felt the film was too good to pass up, too go- too well made to pass up, but they didn't they didn't know what it was going to do. Right. Because how do you how do you really? It, it's easy, I think, to gauge sports fans and how many. Are sure. There. It's very hard to gauge how many hard, people are into hardcore punk rock um, because there's so many quick generations. Like hardcore, hardcore is like dog years, right? Yeah. It's like the generations like dog years. Yeah. And people like come in and out so fast. Yeah. But I found with this film, so many people have been coming to the screenings that have nothing to do with hardcore anymore aren't even really big AF fans anymore or really never were they just feel that they've heard that this film is different yeah. and it might speak to them yeah. especially might speak to them in a way that that now that they're older because it speaks to people that are in their 50s and 60s whatever 40s to 60s in one way yeah. and then to a younger generation in another way yeah. and that was a huge part of, of what I wanted to do was bring all of the generations together in hardcore punk rock and say, this is what this is, and these are the two guys that are going to kind of tell the story and not tell a really agnostic front story. Yeah. It's not, I wasn't really interested in it because I wanted to leave it open for agnostic front to do an agnostic front documentary. Yeah. I, I really, I really wanted that to happen and, and I wanted it because I want those guys to be able to do another thing. Yeah. And, I just wanted to do this. And, and you so fucking nailed it, dude. Thank you very much. You man. nailed it. Thank you. Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Where can people find the film, your social media stuff, and all that? Well, uh, you can start with the film, because that's pretty much the most important. Absolutely. Uh, the film will be, uh, you can get it on iTunes, uh, Vudu, uh, um, Amazon, uh, and Google Play. Okay. Um, and Vimeo as well. Uh, obviously on Showtime, um, the film you can you can get all that stuff through very simple thegodfathersofhardcore.com. Okay, and then all of those handles throughout social media, and then um, Instagram is the Godfathers of Hardcore Movie. Yep, yep. Um, and if you just go to the website, they're all of the social media is on that. Okay, and you and obviously you run the Godfathers of Hardcore Movie. Instagram? Uh, me and a couple people. Okay. Like, I, I don't. I, I got so much going on, man, I can't do it all. So, like, okay. um, there's people that do that. But um, my social media is just um, Ian underscore McFarland. And that's yep. it. Um, and you can... But I'm not the important one the film is. So, like, you know, follow the film. Right. Um, on Facebook, it's easy to find. Of course. Um, and, the, you know, the, the, the more, more people that... You know, share this film and, and, and talk about this film. Um, I think the more that uh, it, it's going to make people that really don't understand what hardcore punk rock is, um, you know, something they can understand and they digest. They may not like it; they probably won't like it, but at least they'll understand it more. Yeah. Instead of thinking it's just this this, this uh, group of people that are tattooed, violent, drug abusers. You know, right. like, that's that's the cliche. The stereotypical nonsense. The stereotypical nonsense. Yeah. Um, and uh, I hope by doing this film, and, and maybe it's... I know that it's made some people think differently. I've had, I've had people come up to me and say, um, you know, I showed this to my dad, and he, like, said, you know, wow, I understand this now. My yeah. own mother, my own mother, at the Boston premiere, um, she... She never really came and saw me playing the band, anything like that. She's nothing against my mother like that, but she just, it just, she felt it was negative. She looked at it on the surface. Right. She didn't want to be around that stuff. Right. Um, 
She never really understood it. Right. Um, my dad got it. My, Some my, people just don't. But when she came to the Boston premiere, yeah. after the screening, um, she came up to me. She's like, I, I, I really understand it now. She goes, everything makes sense to me. That's beautiful. It was a pretty profound moment for me. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah so it made me feel good. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time. Yeah, dude, no problem. Thank you. It's yeah. been great. Yeah, man. And, uh, I mean, I know that, I don't know, several months ago I hit you up about, yeah. you know, doing it. And then, you know. I told you when I, when I came Ian stuck down, to his word, man. <laughs> yeah. Said, my life is crazy. Yeah. But, like, I have two kids, wife, production company. I travel constantly. And then I got this fucking monster of a film money pit on my hands. Right. So I'm trying to do everything I can. And, and But you and said that when you were coming in, you would hit me up. up and you hit me up and we made it happen. Yeah, man. Awesome. Cool. And you're running a half hour away from checking out of your hotel it's room. It's okay. They're going to be okay. Yeah, everyone's yeah. going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go catch a train to head right, back to bro. Brooklyn and go to work. It's going to pleasure you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, yeah. man. All right, probably. Much cool. respect.